0: Hello, and welcome to the Shifting Culture Podcast, in which we have conversations about the culture we create and the impact we can make. I'm your host, Joshua Johnson. Go to shiftingculturepodcast.com to interact or donate. Today, we have a great conversation with David Blackwell around the power of story to shape and influence culture, releasing others into work with Jesus, and the impact that the fruit of the Spirit has in our lives. David is a pastor at Nova Church KC here in Kansas City, Missouri which is a part of 24-7 Prayer. He's also a self-proclaimed pickleball champion, karaoke king, and birdie beast. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. Uh, here is David. When did you first start getting into, into ministry, start bo- into the boiler room? Where? Well, how old were you when things started to go? 23,
1: 22, 23. Yeah. 23? Wait. Uh. Uh, yeah. I mean, between the ages of 23 and 25. Wow. Early pioneering boiler room days. Early pioneering 24/7 USA days. Um, Of course, we started. Adam Cox and another buddy, Nathan Chud, and I started by leading a one-year training school called Transit.
0: Yeah.
1: So uh, that was quote first kind of ministry assignment was you know was take these 10, 12 students.
0: But you've done done a little bit of, of administering your life. Why don't you lead a training school? <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. Floyd, why did not Floyd think that was a good idea here? You've done nothing.
1: Take 10 people who, by the way, he had recruited a lot of them. One, uh, let's see, transit year one, there was a 36 year old woman from Germany mm. who I was wow. the oldest at yeah. 24. One of the leaders, <laughs> uh, actually Jurgen Kramer's daughter, Okay. Laura, yeah, yeah, Laura Kramer uh-huh. was in there, and then uh, that might have been on the international side. I think there was a Brit in there, and it was ridiculous, Josh. So I think we started with eleven, and by the end of it, there were seven. So four like <laughs> peeled <laughs> off halfway through because they saw the holes in the whole process.
0: Uh, but that's how how Floyd works, and uh, he just threw people in the deep end. And I think that was one of the the geniuses of Floyd is throwing people in the deep end. Um, yes, and saying you actually have to have to do it. You don't absolutely don't need to know about everything before you go out and do it. You actually have to practice it and you have to do it. And that's that's pretty genius of him.
1: I love it. I've tried to replicate that, and he, he definitely put that in me and modeled that. And I was with a guy today, and I was talking about just my itch and want to give more people more opportunity and space. Mm to explore, experiment, fail, you know, which is of course critical to the process. So, yeah, I'm so, so grateful that he had that. And Mm. again, I feel, I honestly feel like I carry that.
0: Mm. Well, it's good stuff. It's a good revelation in the moment. I saw that revelation. I'm like, wait a minute,
1: (laughs) I do carry that. Yeah. my eyes drift off into the woods. <laughs> I do, man. Yeah. That, that That is amazing. He gambled on three, you know, early 20 year olds. Mm-hmm. And it's tricky, isn't it? Within leadership, because yeah. our mistakes come at the expense of others. Our mm-hmm. learnings yep. come at the expense of others. It's not like, well, you're a factory worker and you fumble your way through trying to piece together board games you know <laughs> yeah. you miss a few pieces whoops got to do better next time yeah they're human beings and that's it's amazing and it also reveals how much trust God has in his own ability to care for people in spite of our weaknesses and failures yeah at least that's what I tell myself because I'm like man those are just we didn't totally know what we were doing of course, and.
0: Well, if Again. you think of the disciples as Jesus brought people alongside with them, he, they had no clue what they were doing. And they they didn't yeah. have any, uh, you know, synagogue experience. They didn't learn. Yeah. They were fi- local fishermen and tax collectors and all sorts of different people that didn't have any experience. And Jesus said, come, yes. I'll teach you as we do life together. You're going to yeah. grow up and you're going to make mistakes, but I'll be here with you. Um, yeah. So I think that's importance is we're— helping people along is we're, we're bringing people saying, go do it. Yes. Um, And then we'll, we'll feed back and we'll, we'll help you along the journey and along the road. But you have to go out and do this, even if you don't feel like you're ready for it. That's Um, right. And, and I think that's, that's really one of the only ways that we're going to see something uh, multiply and transform a city is we, we allow people at the very beginning to take what little they have and, teach uh, others, disciple others to help others along the journey and say, Hey, I'm just one step ahead of you. Um, I'll give you what I have. And then I'll try and go get something else and, and bring it back and and give you the next thing. Uh, That's for sure. I think that's, that's good. Really
1: the quote, the church in the East, I'm thinking about several articles or interviews I've listened to from, you know, Chinese underground church leaders, and it, it was very much that principle. Oh, you've been saved one day longer than me. Yeah, You're my mentor. <laughs> yeah, Like, oh, you're 24 hours into knowing Jesus. I'm one <laughs> hour. Oh, you know way more than I do. Yeah, And that seemed to be a vital ingredient to how quickly things were multiplying and spreading. You know, I don't know. I haven't kept my my fingers to the pulse of what's happening, you know, in China in particular, but I, I love that. And I, I wish <laughs> that genetic and component... Was a bit more, you know, prevalent here in the West, and we've we've grappled with that in twenty four seven. In, you know, looking at are, are we the type to over release and under train, right. or over train and under release, mm. and I obviously see wisdom therein that yeah. th- there there's something to be said about quote thorough and adequate preparation before mm. release. So I don't wanna lose that. Mm-hmm. And yet at the same time, I think what we're talking about is a bit more of my wiring and disposition. Like right. Jesus was doing so much of the training, equipping and discipling on the way. Yep. Now the disciples weren't always quote, actively leading something, right? So, right. you know, yep. but just the same, it feels like somewhere in the magical middle, right? is probably where we're gonna find, and probably in particular in the West, cause we, we are where we are, where we live where we live. and it, yep. It, it seemingly suited a little bit more for this culture, but I, I just remember again my first introduction to the way things were spreading across again the, the Chinese underground church in particular, and hearing about that and be like, "Wow, that's just so different mm. than how we kind of think or act," you know. Yeah. Um, help us, Lord.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, what I I love right now, you know, as I lived in in the Middle East and working with Syrian refugees and working with Muslims, and my heart is is for Muslims and what we have seen in the last oh, in the last 10 20 years is more movements of of Muslims to yes. Jesus than ever before yes. and you know as of last summer we're tracking 799 different Beautiful. movements i just to heard Jesus that number well i
1: heard the number 800 among, i was like yeah, wow.
0: among muslims Incredible. and so and it's really going after you know relational networks people that some of them are, are older in the Lord, some of them are younger in the Lord, but they're going you know into a process of facilitation and discovery in a place mm. where the gospel can spread quickly um, and freely in a way that it relies on Scripture and the Holy Spirit and not just on our great knowledge and expertise as humans yes. to build something. We're actually, I think, facilitating a move of the Spirit a little bit more than hindering a move of the Spirit and trying to use our expertise to build something and start something.
1: That's a great word, man. We're almost too smart for our own good, too yeah. too trained in some ways to, I love the way you said that, um, simply rely on the Scriptures and the Holy Spirit. And, man, that's it's powerful. And it's, yeah, by observation and by your own testimony right there, one of the main ingredients for how movements spread uh, quickly a- yeah. and effectively, can we add? Like, yep. it's one thing for it to be a quickly reproducing movement. Wow, wow, great. Okay. right. That in and of itself it isn't the end all, right? That it's yep. fruitful, it's healthy, it's effective. The disciples stick, right? It's not just yep. quick growth. It's, um, well, you know so to speak fruitful and healthy growth that yeah. lasting disciples that continue to make lasting disciples and of course not all the time not every situation but
0: yeah man so as yeah we earn, one more. Help, Lord. <laughs> we could do it here and uh yes. we could do it in the states and do it in the west and, yes uh, I want to see it so i want to be a part of it yes. um you know as you you started early you know 23 24 25 you're leading training program um, saying, you know, start in boiler room 24 yep. seven prayer. What keeps you motivated? What keeps you in the game? What keeps you doing this with Jesus years down the road? Um, when, you know, the, I don't know, for some people, you know, the beginnings of something is exciting. There's movement, <laughs> there's something sure. growth. And then all of a sudden you're 20 years in and you're like, Oh, this isn't that this this is what's this thing now this is something different so what keeps you going and motivates you
1: yeah my early like sense of calling was really profound and that had a succession of encounters both just individually with jesus and then in quote public around people that prophetically picked up Mm -hmm. on and it was this exact phrase you're called to be a leader in the kingdom of god hmm. and that phrase was said to me man josh it felt like a half dozen times it might have only been three or four but hmm. a significant number in a short amount of time yeah in various places in chicago and kansas city in particular were two places two different locales and person laid their hand on my back prayed and that was the words that came out of their mouth hmm. and then that was of course echoing an internal sense that I had been yeah. receiving and hearing and fielding. So that's massive. I still pull from that base and sense of, mm. it's such an interesting phrase, isn't it? You're yeah. called to be a leader in the kingdom of God. It's like so nondescript. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, but it, it really does. It has that level of hold and mm. impartational motivation for me. Yeah. I was just, I don't know, man. It felt like something dropped so deep within me. And then Um, Quite honestly, fun is a big deal for me. Mm -hmm. Am I still having fun? Is there still joy in life in the quote work? And absolutely there is. And there's enough variety and um, we're not pigeonholed. I don't feel pigeonholed. And so um, that, that certainly contributes and adds to the original foundation, sense of calling. revisit my wife and I revisit not, I wouldn't say yearly, but revisit regularly. Okay. Is this still right? We're still supposed to be doing this, you know? Yeah. And again, within the tribes that have felt kind of called and connected to local one Nava formerly called the Kansas city boiler room and 24 seven prayers Our larger international tribal connections. Like no, still, uh, deeply believe and called to be a part of these. So, um, all, all those factors combined uh, pull uh, in major ways. And then of course, then it goes without saying, but it has to be said just that my heart's still very much alive and committed to God's glory. And, uh, it, what else, what else do we have as a motivation to <laughs> like, Oh man, you, you love <laughs> glory, me incredibly. Yeah. And I yeah. want others to know your love and I want <laughs> others to grow, uh, in your goodness and grace and spread it and see um, uh, you know, more and more and more recognize it and come into their own and, uh, multiply. I, 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 share your deep affection to see it in the West and more stories like that in the West of by vi- viral, wonderful disciple making movements in the West, man.
0: Yeah. We see that. One of the things you, you know, that, that caught me is that, are you still having fun? Are you enjoying something? You know, what I, yes. one of the things I really loved about, uh, the chosen and the portrayal of Jesus in that, uh, that show is that jesus is playful yes um, he's, he has fun he enjoys his disciples and enjoys the people around him oftentimes we have a stoic version of jesus in our minds he's uh he's sharing great wisdom um and walking around yeah. in a in a very uh, you know kingly way um and but we often miss that playful side of jesus Yes. Um, yes. You know, what is that, that impact that fun and playfulness has within the kingdom and the expansion of the kingdom around us? Yes,
1: absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, and equally, I feel like the chosen nailed it with portrayal of the disciples. Because when you think about like even famous paintings, yep. the last supper, the dudes okay. are all old they're all like ridiculously old and well-robed and you know the ornate decor on the table and it's like man they were young yeah they were in their 20s predominantly right yep some of them teens you know some of them early 20s and i'm so glad that that was picked up on and accurately portrayed and then similarly just you know their their own playfulness yep. you know with jesus and capturing the quality of their relationship with him in that manner I think is massive and I think it's been largely lost in, well, some of our, out, you know, our outworkings of our faith manifestations yep. of what it means to be the church belong and so on and so forth. And has been, um, yeah, I mean, d- dumbed down, but boring, Josh, I just do not like boring. <laughs> hey, this is a funny, very, very small um example of this but i found that when i am officiating a wedding i have uh-huh. to remind people that we're at a wedding and not a funeral yes like that's right it's ridiculous but you <laughs> sit down and you're in a formal venue it often impuse yeah. and you just go deadpan quiet yeah and this ceremony <laughs> which is of course a sacrament like obviously it's holy it's beautiful right yes but then it shifts in 30 minutes and it's a full-fledged party and i'm thinking why how is this such a huge gap between right. the ceremony and their ceremony? so again maybe that analogy serves or doesn't, but I I I for me, man, it has been for, for whatever reason one of my avenues of exploration. I do mm. believe the kingdom, you know, righteousness, peace, joy. So there's joy is front and right. center to the kingdom of God, what it feels like, what it tastes like, what it smells like. And the roles and functions that I've served in, I just deeply want to see some some well fun for me personally and fun for others and joy. And you know, obviously, there's instances in which that's easy, and others in which that's harder, and sometimes forced, and people get mad at me. I'm all right with that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yesterday, uh, yesterday in a house church in our Nava house church. Uh, one of the songs that came up as we were listening to the Holy Spirit was "Joy of the Lord," is some Maverick mm. City song, mm-hmm. but it was "Joy of the Lord." But as as so, I played it and we were worshiping to it, but it was very a uh, somber, you know, yeah. bring us joy. I was like, this is pretty like a like melancholy joy that we're yeah. encountering right now, and I was like, yes, bring me joy, and then like <laughs> slowly bring me joy. <laughs> 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 I sang that song corporately
1: recently as well, without yeah. eight or nine others, and I was thinking, huh, this is a, <laughs> that's oddly b- 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 dissonant. The yeah. song is joy, the way we're singing is uh, now. I mean, that's what's beautiful. Right? Is that joy is more than just that the bubbly kind of right. thing, like exactly. internal. But I, it's funny, may you make that comment because I had the exact same experience <laughs> about a week ago, and I did find myself asking the same question: like, is this how they wrote the song? Is this how this supposed to be sung? But. I mean, uh, again, I, I like thinking about the multi-faceted expression of joy, and knowing sometimes it is not. I'm I'm a, a louder personality and bubbly, but man, you have some that their internal mm-hmm. meter of joy is off the charts. Yeah, but they they're probably not going to even stand up off their seat sometimes. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> exactly. much less really exuberant, yeah. passionate, declarative worship. But it doesn't mean that they're their joy on the inside isn't just as 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 you know dynamic, if you will. Um, yeah.
0: I mean oftentimes when you're thinking of of metrics and, you know, things to to see an impact of the culture around us, we we think of I don't know, numbers and church growth and disciples maids, baptisms. Um, you know, one of the metrics that I think is are the fruits of the spirit actually being lived out in the place that we yes. live and we work and we play. Um, do the fruits of the spirit happen? Um, yes. You know what? How how do we see uh, the actual manifestation of the spirit, which is the fruits of the spirit, happen? Yes. In the culture around us, and places around us, when we
1: yes. You know, <laughs> I, one of the one of the crops of students I told you about. You know, transit. That was our quote first ministry assignment. We did two different iterations of it. And by the second iteration, so we we let it for three years, we paused for, I think, two years, learned some things, retooled, God spoke again, made some changes, and did it again for three years. That second round of three years, the first year of that, now called the vision course, I I used uh, the fruits of the spirit as the daily devotional for the whole nine months and pick a different fruit of the spirit, focus on it, meditate on it, and then make it a goal to practically um, express that and fellowship yeah. with the spirit around it, you know, cause it's like, well, you, it's fundamentally born of the spirit. <laughs> yeah. so you can't like <laughs> make yourself do something. But I, I think to, to answer your question, I think we are the seed of those fruits, right? Mm-hmm. So to influence the culture around uh, the culture, reflecting and looking more like the, the, the beautiful fruit of the spirit requires us to be, seeds that are yeah. planted within culture that are exhibiting incredible peace, joy, mm. uh, you know, patience, uh, long suffering, all of those things within it. I remember um, this is going to be a heavy story. So you decide if you okay. want to go further with it. <laughs> but um, when my wife was pregnant with our daughter, Joy, um, we went in and had a sonogram and during the sonogram, Uh, They found a pretty serious condition called gastroschisis, Mm -hmm. which means that our daughter's stomach was um, her her internal organs, uh, not all of them, but like lower intestine or large intestine, small intestine were forming outside the stomach lining. Wow. Okay. so they give us this news and then we go in and Molly has to have, um, you know, her vitals checked and everything else. And the nurse said this. She says, wow, you've just received bad news, but your blood pressure hasn't changed a bit. Wow, and I remember just noting hmm. because Ma, we were in the spirit, man. We yeah. just were. There was a peace. There was a governance of the spirit's peace on us. Yeah, that the news did not change even her body's response to it. Wow, and I credit my wife massively, but we it was we we felt it. It was an interesting experience. But I remember hmm. that impact on the nurse being like, "Wow, your take." Wow. And she didn't go on to ask us more questions, you know, it didn't lead to anything more profound than that, but who knows what the Holy spirit was doing with that. And again, influencing within even the medical culture, right. There are people who come in who hear that, you know, pretty significant news about their child and were unfazed. And actually I think she did ask us, uh, it's a little foggy, man. It's going back about 10 years, but actually I did think she, she did ask us, you know, how we were feeling about it. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it was just real simple just to say, and we have, we have peace in our God who loves us and cares for us. I haven't thought about that story in a while, but yeah, that's, that's an experience with that, of that we're seeds of the kingdom that are in society and are in a moment like that, where we get to um, exhibit and demonstrate. And if you will, sow into that moment uh, what it's Mm -hmm. like to live in peace and, uh, of the work that only the spirit can do.
0: Yeah, you can't do that in the natural. I mean no, you baby. things like that in the natural will will get you get you turning upside down like like it it would get your blood pressure up way yeah. high. Our responsibility I think is how to how to live with Holy Spirit in in our lives. That's our responsibility. Um, yeah. and be attuned to the Holy Spirit. Uh, oftentimes, you know, I find myself um, living life and then all of a sudden i get this realization that oh i'm actually not alone mm. i actually have the holy spirit with me but i forget it oh. a lot of times so i'm not me attuned too, man. to the holy spirit
1: I know. as much as me i need too. to be um
0: what are some practices for you that you've seen and that you've had in your life that have helped you stay attuned to the presence uh of the lord in in your life
1: yeah Well, one that's helping me, but it's very similar to what you just shared is actually allowing myself to note the moments when I'm not in tune and not fellowshipping and aware of Holy Spirit. I was at uh, the auto parts store uh, maybe five days ago or something like that and was talking to the checkout dude, you know, and I said to him, all right, man, have a good day. And he's like, he says, well, you know, maybe it'd be a good day or. Uh, I don't know that it can be a good day. And I was like, oh, and I walked out, I got yeah. in the car, and a mile down the road, I was like, oh, what the heck? <laughs> oh Man, it was right there. Yep. It was it was teed up. Yeah. And so that was another kind of if you I will allow your god to slap you in the face. <laughs> like a in in a kind, right, more a pat on the back like, all right. Well, yeah. let's be ready the next time. You know, let's yeah. be in tune next time. So, um That that has stuck with me for sure since then Mm. Um, in the last week, it just more cooperation and sensitivity and awareness. Um, And then uh, uh, for me, the other one that is a a semi-regular part of it is just in my journals reflecting on again, joy, the joy of being a part of those moments of responding to the to the prompting or responding to an opportunity, which is the prompting right to get to be a part of It's such an incredible experience. It's so Mm -hmm. exhilarating. It's wonderful. Um, and you, you want more of it. It's like yeah. when you have, you know, great sushi, you're just like, man, I want some <laughs> more good sushi, Johnson. Sorry. It took me 20 minutes before the food analogies <laughs> came in.
0: But All right. What do you, what's your go-to? My sushi. go-to
1: food or sushi?
0: Sushi. What's your go-to sushi? Oh
1: man. I like uh, sushi gin. Uh-huh. It's in Kansas on, it's on row. Okay. Have you ever been there? It's a little hidden gem. It's great. And then, um, I won't try to pronounce it, but there is a sushi place. For those that are in Kansas City listening, also off of Row in town center area, and they have a killer happy hour. Their rolls are like four bucks or five bucks, big nice. honking things. And you you can't beat it there because you can go. I take the whole family of five there, and you're still eating sushi for under fifty bucks. When you eat wow. sushi for under fifty dollars exactly. with five people, that's you, right. Like somebody should give you a ribbon. Yeah <laughs>
0: that is incredible <laughs> because otherwise it's just it's it's a, it's not a cheap date Josh. Yeah. Uh, I mean so those, I, are, those are two places I go. I with. I love going to sushi but you know a little raw seafood sometimes gets to me after living in Korea and eating some li- live baby octopus as it's still squirming no, in my man. mouth and the suckers no. are, are sucking against my cheeks inside my mouth saying don't eat me don't eat me. Wow. I think I <laughs> Some of that is like, eh, I don't know about that, but uh, sushi is pretty yeah.
1: good. <laughs> Live baby octopus.
0: Yeah. It was tasty. Oh. It was just the weirdest really? thing. Man. Yeah. It tasted it really good. It was tasty? Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Like, like It was like similar to raw fish in that sense? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It tasted really oh. good. It was just the weirdest sensation. Oh. It was what just about, crazy. It
1: seems mucousy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <There> was <laughs> Was it a, a little I, don't, bit mucusy? I don't know. Maybe a merge with my saliva. Uh, I think <laughs> I think we're just turning some people off. Uh I know we did, man. Sorry, <laughs> lost some listeners
1: with that one. But okay, so yeah, the the uh, uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pull us back,
0: Josh. <laughs> I do love sushi. There is
1: okay, one last. There is an okay. all-you can eat sushi restaurant. Yeah. It's in like mission, 25 bucks. Mm. But then if you order more, more rolls than you finish, there's like a certain threshold. So let's say you have like three pieces left on your plate. That's OK. But if you have like six, they charge you. Oh, you got to so eat it. <laughs> you got to eat it. And so I was with like two friends and we were all kind of figuring out how many because you order ahead of time because sushi, you know, it fills you. Yeah, meals. yeah. The rice expands. So we were like, OK, I'm going to eat five rolls. I'm going to eat six rolls. So we order it all, and by the end we had to like clear out a roll and a half just by force, oh. by sheer discipline, <laughs> so we didn't get charged. He's like, "Oh, go <laughs> uh, you know sometime, take Meredith. That's good. Five bucks a person. It's a all good right. deal,
0: and that'll be a good date." Yeah. What, what were you talking about? What? Are, what Joel, are we, uh, oh yeah, you're some of your, about my practices. Your practices. Yeah. 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 So. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, and that um, came to mind was just, again, listening and allowing for moments that I miss to just be reminders that mm. I want it. And then reflecting on the moments and journaling and paying attention to, again, just the joy that comes, yeah. the joy and satisfaction from getting to be a part of it and sowing seeds of the gospel and the good news and praying for the sick, even if they get healed or don't get healed, you know? Yep. Um, so that that's certainly a helpful one for me. And then I, 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 I don't think this is a discipline, but I, you know, love being around people like yourself and others that are just sharing stories and that are yeah. they themselves trying to be practitioners and you got to be around it. You got to be around people yeah. who are doing it or else you just kind of all succumb to a life, quote unquote, without it, that's contained within four safe walls and not in the adventure. So being around people who are actively engaging the adventure of faith and um, wanting to be a public joyful witness of the good news. And, um, I think, and, I think that's you know, why in revelation says
0: they, you know, they defeated the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the power of their testimony, that there is power in that story and your story yeah. of a uh, transformed life, uh, that Jesus is real and active and at work in people's lives, that he's not just a, a myth and, or a legend, He's not just someone with good teaching that we get to follow. He's not a rule book, but he's yes. active uh and participatory in our lives and he transforms our lives. And that power of our testimony is huge and it's so important that we share stories with one another and spur one yes. another on. Um, yes. Yeah. When was the last time you you heard something that really impacted you as a testimony uh to what Jesus has done? Mm-hmm
1: well the last time quite honestly was this morning a buddy had sent over a marco polo video and he and i will exchange videos and encouragements just around fathering mm. and he had just had such a great word about fathering and about again you know appreciating who the image of god is in your children yeah and just really coming into and alongside of that and the mm. i mean it sounds like like an obvious thing but it's not always the case because wow. sometimes we're wanting our children to look like our version of who we yeah. want them to be rather yeah. than seeing who God made them to be. Yeah. So his story of how he's been doing that with his son really impacted mm. me uh, this morning in a fresh way. Uh, wow. Again, just around that part of my life and priorities and desire, yeah. right. To be a great father. Um, for sure. I was, um, I think about over the last couple of weeks, you know, being uh, near and close to some friends that, I have just some great practices of, again, being out, you know, on campuses or in the streets and just looking for proactively looking for opportunities, not yep. waiting for the prompting like I missed in O'Reilly's. Right. <laughs> no shame O'Reilly. there, but just right.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: <laughs> I mean, it really is a great jingle, Josh. It is. Um my... You, know, you, you just take me down bunny trails, bro. I was going to tell you, my son goes to high school with like the grandson of the O'Reilly's founder. Anyway. Oh, nice. I keep asking for O'Reilly part discounts. He still hasn't brought me home a coupon. Oh. I'm, I'm pretty well, upset by that.
0: I don't know. Um, you could donate to your ministry or something. something you know, that'd be nice. Something, man. I mean, you own O'Reilly's. <laughs> Come on. Something. I'm looking for some jumper cables. Something.
1: Good grief. Uh, but the... Um, Yeah, so recently with some friends, one of which has joined the All Nations staff here pretty soon, Christina, and love it, man. Love Mm. the inspiration of hearing, you know, stories and testimonies of people just in random public moments that become, you know, great gospel moments and exchanges and people's response to the good news. Um, I love it, man. It's interesting that scripture you pointed out in Revelation that you think the audacity (laughs) of John (laughs) and the Holy Spirit to put... Our stories on the same playing field as the blood of the lamb.
0: I know. Isn't that crazy? It's like right there in the same. It's so
1: ridiculous. The blood of the lamb, Mm -hmm. just as powerful as our testimony. Mm. Like when you say it like that, you're almost like, that's heresy, Blackwell. Right. But it really says they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the power of the testimony, which is su- suggesting, right? The same power to overcome mm-hmm. is implicitly held within Jesus' blood and our stories. Yeah. That's nuts to me. Like that, that has been, I, I, I've been pondering that in this scripture for the last three months or so like, wow, is that really the weight and significance of our stories? Yeah. That just brings me into a whole nother level of, uh, uh, again, like awe Mm -hmm. and appreciation for, uh, testimony story and its power to, well, defeat the enemy as well as, you know, as we're engaging in this conversation, shape and influence culture in such an extraordinary way. Yeah. And we probably could both swap, you know, several stories of, initiatives, movements, organizations we've been a part, a part of where several key stories just yep. continue to feed and fuel yeah. our work. Yeah. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. I was sitting, I was at a some mission leaders conference the last couple of weeks and uh, I was sat down with a leader of an organization and he st- told his origin story, which, and then his vice president was there and reiterated the origin story who where he wasn't there it was the power wow. of their story of saying you know five men went into a room and had an all day prayer meeting and this mm-hmm. encounter with the holy spirit and we said we need to drop our titles and our organizations and we need to collaborate and work together and so something wow. new was birthed and he keeps telling that story over and over again. And so even in that lunch encounter, when he's sharing the story of how they started, that power of his story compels him to continue to move forward, to work together with other organizations to see the gospel spread and ignite throughout the world. And uh, so it's that power of that story that keeps on on moving. and oftentimes, I think we as individuals often think, well, I don't have a powerful story. I have nothing to share. Mm-hmm. But there are millions of Jesus encounters in your life that you could share. There yes. are so many that, again, if we're not attuned to it and attuned to his presence, we often miss it. Yes. Um, but Jesus is powerful and he's working all the time so your testimony isn't just the first time that you have That's right. encountered Jesus but you have new testimonies all the time and that yes. you need to share the fresh testimonies and so your story is actually good news for somebody that you're encountering and talking to because Jesus Absolutely. is good news for everybody and so he Absolutely. wants you to share uh, your story and so And if we don't have that that story, you know, you could share somebody else's. That's right. I have, you know, I have a friend, you know, Pam Marlin, who works with All Nations. And she says that if she encounters women that have gone through miscarriages, she actually shares a testimony of of me and Meredith because we have a testimony in that and we have a story yeah. in that of, of Jesus providing some the name of our baby that we lost um, Yeah, Jesus named our baby which yeah. is one of the coolest things ever. Um and she shares that story because we could share each other's stories and have that power. Um, yes. Have you seen stories transform people and places um, in your life and what is that yeah. that transformation like?
1: Yeah. Big time, man. Big time.
0: I am, uh, I am
1: so fascinated by story. And even as a part of like communication practice, I've asked myself, how can I give this message more in story form than fact form? Mm -hmm. It takes more work because in some ways it's easier just to state the fact or the truth, yeah. but it doesn't stick or, or last as long as if you can tell it in a story form, you know? Yeah. But I did campus ministry for a long time, Josh, and um, the story that circulated whew, far and wide, you know, was the the story of the haystack prayer meeting. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, such a famous story. Three college students at this random college in Massachusetts. You know, it's a it's raining. They make their way under the under a haystack, and they're compelled that the gospel has been contained largely in the West, and there's all these unreached peoples of the earth. And yep. they pray and the famous quote from that is we can do it. Take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Yeah. If we will. Yeah. <laughs> and it's such a funny, uh, it's such a pregnant <laughs> statement, but it's, um, you know, the, the story has all the, the good qualities of a story. There's drama. It's yeah. raining. They're college students. They're faced with a great challenge, the gospel to the ends of the earth, you That's know? Right. And yeah. I, I visited the monument, um, oh, I don't even know, man, maybe 2009 or something like that. And it's literally in the middle of this very liberal, very liberal arts college mm. in Massachusetts. And there's a plaque like in the center of the campus that probably students pass by a hundred times a day and yeah. don't have any idea what it's about. And it literally just says, you know, here in this date in 17, you know, but wow. um, that story has fueled campus ministry yep. massively. Mm-hmm. And it gave birth to a lot of the first international missions organizations in the States. Yep. So um, that that's one that comes to mind. And then from our own, you know, movement, if you will, 24-7 prayer, Pete and Sammy Gregg, who wrote about it in Redmond Rising, but part of the reason Redmond Rising spread so remarkably is not just that Pete's a good writer, but he wrote the story of where they were at disillusioned, beat up a little burnt out on ministry. They take some time off. They're following the Holy spirit. They make their way into Germany and encounter the Moravian story. And literally think if the Moravians prayed a hundred years, nonstop and transformed the earth, maybe we could pray a month and maybe the Holy spirit (laughs) would fill us and would launch us into some incredible things as well. and, I mean, that the, God used that story in such remarkable ways to mm-hmm. give birth to, again what 24/ seven has tried to encourage all over the place, yeah. you know, prayer and mission, what the Moravian story represented, yep. that you'd set aside and dedicate yourselves to prayer morning, noon, and night, and that yep. you would become the answer to your prayer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I love that. I'm so yeah. so grateful to, to have that as a part of our kind of prayer
0: theology, Praology. Yep. Do we call it a prayerology? I think it's a prayerology. I think that's the official term. It doesn't roll off the tongue (laughs) quite as smoothly
1: as other statements. But um, so, yeah, I mean, so consistently for 24-7, stories have been one of the main Mm -hmm. catalysts for new things, new new explorations, both in prayer, Mm -hmm. mission, and justice, ways that people have, again, responded to the Holy Spirit. Those stories have spread, and others have said, well, if it happened there, maybe it, it can happen here. Um, I love, I think it was um, Oh, the, the chap's name escapes me right now. I'll, I'll get in a second, but he said, your best story is not your wow story though. It's your now story. Yes. And so, so good. I, 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 I like love that. that. And yeah. think about that, that I don't just pink, you know, pull out the kind of heavyweight right hook story yep. from 10 years ago that always yeah. gets people right. But What's what's the more recent story, yeah. even if it's quote not as impressive, yeah, it's actually more impacting. And I uh, that that yeah. quote says so much. If I think about of a of again a practice of story, and that which is mm. most impacting is not your wow stories, though they are, but mm. it's your now stories. And so I, I don't know that we've done a great job of it, with it quote locally, but I think we're continually looking for ways. How do we spread? The now stories, mm. how do we get those out? Because as we've already noted, Holy Spirit loves to ride the wave of a fresh story to encourage yeah. um, and propel somebody else forward into a similar work.
0: Yeah, I've I've had a lot of thoughts of how do I engage story at a, a communal level? Like, how do I have like some storytelling events or something where we're, we're sharing stories of transformed lives of them. and, you know, people from all over coming listening to stories and how can we encourage others to start to share their story you know as i was i was studying some uh you know social entrepreneurship and and some ways to engage uh, socially one of the things in community development practice uh, something called appreciative inquiry but they use story Hmm. to heal trauma Um, as as people start to share their story that was one of the main ways to actually help communities develop is is helping people share their own story that they have a part to play in this. And I think that could go a long way of when we share our story, we actually feel like we have something to contribute, that there is some significance to our life. And I, I'm, I'm thinking right now of people that are struggling, uh, that maybe are going through depression and have anxiety, that there's a lot of Uh, you know, a mental illness in this country at the moment. And I think, you know, part of the thing is that we're not connected through story anymore. We're we're actually connected through uh, activity Mm. um, and events. And Mm. we've lost the ability to share our story with somebody face-to-face. And we just let people know what we are doing And we've lost some sort of connection uh, that I think might heal a nation if we help people tell their story to somebody else.
1: Yes. And, bro, that's a great, great word. I hadn't thought about it in kind of specific application of a story's ability or the Holy Spirit's work with a story to heal trauma. But that's profound, man. I mean... Uh, yeah, I, I love that. It's just again deepening my appreciation and awareness of how profound and powerful stories are and can be. And yeah, you're spot on, man. Cultural critique. I uh, I hadn't again thought of it in those kind of terms, but I absolutely. I don't know see if I've thought of it.
0: And I like, like it. Like all the way deep. I think that was a, yeah. a thought that just formed. Uh, you know, Why not just get it out? Why not just why get not? it out on the podcast? Just, just put it, it out for the out first there. time
1: publicly. I think <laughs> it's true though. <laughs> I had the uh the opportunity to record my grandpa recently. Mm. My grandpa's in his mid to late nineties. What is grandpa? Grandpa's gotta be ninety six, man. So wow. I had the thought I was like, Oh man, we grandpa's gonna go with yeah. these stories and the stories will go with him if we don't get mm. to hear them and record yeah. them. So um, in a similar fashion as this podcast style, I set up a couple of simple mics and mm. some headsets so he could. I turned his volume way up so he could hear me, you know. <laughs> yeah. great. And for three hours, I just asked him wow. all sorts of questions about, you know, stories of his life and what's been the most impacting and what's been your most impact, you know, favorite mm. book you've ever read and why, yeah. you know, and uh, where was the time you first became aware that God was real? And my, wow. I haven't sent it around yet. I, I think I'm going to wait until he ultimately passes, but. I captured all the story mm. and have it on an audio file and then share with cousins and you yeah. know, nieces, nephews and uncles nice. and everything else, you know, because I just see, and now I get even more excited about, you know, those hearing grandpa's story and how yeah. deep the healing can be for them. I mean, obviously with my grandpa, it does two things, right? Even helping grandpa tell his story as yep. a means of celebrating his life and yep. even serving him as he kind of respectively gets some closure, mm. like, He's yeah. able to li- reflect back and think, oh, wow, man, my life has been beautiful. These are all yeah. the things that I've gotten to experience and then pass them on. And I could just see life was in his eyes as he's recounting and telling me these things and having this amazing, you know, grandson mm-hmm. to grandfather exchange. And genuinely, of course, I want to hear these stories. So that's helping. But um, I mean, that's another part of it, including another part of how trauma is healed. Yeah. You ask people their yeah. story. Yeah. And it's so important that they are able to rehearse and tell yeah. their story again, even of that which has been uh, the most devastating and painful experience of their life. So it's, yeah. look at this, buddy. We're doing <laughs> basically bringing, no, I was going to say doctoral level, but that would be insulting to those who, that's, that's so much in story, but they are. We're, uh, we're
0: bringing high school level. Um, th- that's about right, Josh. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh help us, jesus oh
1: but i do man i love it and i love uh, again as you pointed out thinking about ways to even a basic conversation not just answer with facts or facts or stats about you know who you are what you do but how do you how do you even meaningfully bring a short simple story as an expression to the question or as an answer to the question you know who are you and we got to do it man we've got to develop it more and more
0: what are you what are you excited about what's what's next yeah. as a leader in the kingdom where are you headed what are you doing what's what's god saying to you i'm mm, saying thank you
1: good you question know. well tomorrow josh i'm helping to take a crew <laughs> of your students from all nations out to um share jesus around kansas city so that'll be great i'm looking forward to awesome. that uh this week i am doing some storytelling even in the same vein as i described with um my grandpa um helping some others that want to honor key individuals and Hmm. Salvage their stories and record stories. Yeah. Um, so, they're going to be doing some of that, and um, obviously in Nava local church, which we joyfully both of us and our families are a part of. I'm excited just to see how home churches continue to, you know, grab hold of the beautiful high calling to be the church and make disciples. And you know, lead others into deep, lasting, fruitful relationship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, I want to see more of that, man. Mm-hmm. And Amen. Um, another little side project is is helping some organizations uh, just with fundraising and some development stuff. There, uh, believe it or not, I really enjoy that part. Um, I say believe it or not because often that's not the experience, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but I think even to double back to some of the stuff we talked about earlier around joy, mm. yeah. look for that vein of shared joy in mm. fundraising. Yeah. Right? Where there is harmony and there's mm. a match of passion and interest of God's yeah. divine intrigue in an individual with yep. a vision and need in an organization. Yeah. And that space between can be mm. magnetized by the spirit in joy and that it is a shared experience mm. of joy. Mm. Amazing. where people get to be a part of it and people yeah. get to, you know, bring the need there. And so that that's fun. It's not always joyful, right, man. I mean, anybody who's <laughs> listening that's done that you're like, Oh, sometimes this is just a slog and oh, nice. you got to send this letter or make this ask. But at its core, I do believe that it's took to be cheerful, right. Giving yep. is to be cheerful and the experience yep. of interacting with others. So um, I'm exploring that some, um, i, I yeah, I'm mean, I'm mean, gonna continue to explore mm-hmm. that and that's cool figure out how God moves through me in that way. Yeah. And I am I am excited about that genuinely, knowing that's mm-hmm. gonna be some lessons that are learned yeah. and some you know rough edges that are smoothed out from doing that. Um so yeah, those are a few things, man, in the pipeline. Cool. And um yeah, help Lord. But it all starts tomorrow.
0: All nations, baby. <laughs> that's right. Students going We're out. We're going to have something incredible. Something incredible is happening tomorrow. It's too bad. We should have um, recorded this on Wednesday. That's right. And then you'll have a story. Because then we could have had the stories. From, yeah, that's right. That's all right. Maybe we have now to your listeners record. Listeners are all going to be wondering. Yeah. Now we might have to have a side B. There yeah, we go. Side. Yeah, B-roll, B-roll. <laughs> I like it, buddy. Um. Two questions at the end. One, if you go back to your 21-year-old self, what advice would you give?
1: Can you give me both of them at the same time?
0: No, nope. I gotta give that you that one one. first. The second one, if you want the second one, is no, no, no. Stay there. All right. So my my ADD won't allow I me. I go.
1: I'm gonna go freak <laughs> out. You know that. Okay. So my 21 year old self, I I would say to my 21 year old self, hmm, I'd say start practicing Sabbath earlier. Hmm. That's the first thing that comes to mind. I'm very. I move quickly. Yep. I love fast. I don't like slow. And in the last, you know, seven eight years, real appreciation for slow down spirituality and yeah. more practices in the spirit of what God's heart is for us in rest. Yep. And I, I would I would say that start practicing uh, Sabbath earlier, young man.
0: Yes, that's so good. You know, you know, I've heard yourself. It's so much better. Sabbath is more than a day off. Yes. Um, and uh, so much more, and go deeper. Uh, than that. And it's important. Um, And second question, what have you been reading or watching lately that you could recommend?
1: Mm. Um, Okay. So this is going to be slightly taboo. I think it's slightly taboo. I didn't really know it was taboo, but I, I've been reading a Richard Rohr falling upward. Yeah. I think it's a phenomenal book. I think it's a phenomenal read. And I think for anybody who's followed Jesus for like more than five years, any places where maybe roar gets off and is a little wobbly as has been his critique, right? Uh, you can take it and you, you spit out the bones. I think he's brilliant. I think he's a great gift. And the, the work falling upward is I'm nearly 42 and it just, man, just characterizes yeah. our spirituality and the changes and evolutions of our faith journey and relationship with God in mm. identifying kind of divine patterns that God yeah. does for our good that happen yeah. typically around kind of the midlife window, right? And I think it's a great book. I would recommend it for sure. And um, uh, you might have to read Josh's show notes if there's any sort (laughs) of like caveats or asterisks that this is not the official endorsement. (laughs) Uh, And then another one um, is, uh, actually, I'll just stay there. I'll stick with that one. The last one, I just just finished a new Jack Reacher novel, Josh. Uh, So that one's just pure sport.
0: There you go. (laughs) You know, they're making a Jack Reacher TV show. Really? Um, yeah, I think it's going to be on Amazon, um, and ah. they're going to and Tom Cruise is not playing Jack Reacher. Well, probably yeah. some guy that actually looks like Jack Reacher will be That's playing Jack thing. Reacher. That's yeah. the
1: thing people don't know until you read the book. <laughs> Jack Reacher in the books like six five two eighty.
0: I know he's a they... huge guy, and then he got huge. this like five foot four. Little, I don't know how <laughs> tall Tom Cruise is. To, hey Tommy, if you're listening,
1: <laughs> look, bro. We know you're taller than 5'4". <laughs>
0: all right <laughs> hey much props to you tom uh, like anybody that could like hold on to the side of an airplane while it's flying yeah like hey you hey, like you'd, you you go respect. down yeah you rappel down yeah. like the tallest building in the world there's lots of respect but yeah. you just know you're not, not, jack you're, not you're not jack reacher yeah. who
1: cast tom cruise for jack reacher
0: uh tom cruise I get did that just tom cruise, tom cruise, cruise bought did. the rights yeah. so tom cruise oh said i'm playing him legitimately legitimately tom cruise casts tom cruise in the role of jack reacher man
1: i didn't know this well once again tom if you're listening uh we don't blame you it's great it's great material it's a great novel for anybody who's looking just for like a beach read a vacation read that's right and you like spy thriller kind of novels jack reachers go check them out
0: that's right all right that's funny (laughs) well david i really appreciate Uh, you coming on today. It was a great conversation. I love just hanging out and chatting with you. Likewise, man. And so anytime I get a chance to have a conversation with David Blackwell, I want to take it. So it was great. Thanks, buddy. Back at you.
1: Appreciate it. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for the time and the talk. All right.
0: Thank you. you.